We've got 10 nights until the next full moon. Well, he was what I would call a Sasquatch. Pilots that showed unidentified flying objects. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. I don't believe 99% of the things that people claim they've seen. I think this is in that 1%. A lot of people make fun of me, but I don't care. I know it's there. G'day and welcome to the Mellow Tiger podcast. My name's Bree and we're back. I'm back. Jord is back. Hi, I'm Jord. back. Hey, Hello. Girl. Still cool. live. Cool. That's cool. Josh is I'm, back too. I'm back. I didn't, I didn't go anywhere either. I know George jokes when you say still alive, but, yeah, but like, no, it was kind of touch and go there for a little bit. <laughs> oh, that's really? right. Are you happy to talk about it? Yeah, get into it. Yeah, George had, um, he contracted something called cryptococcus. <laughs> Is that how I pronounce that right? I don't know. I'll oh. call it cryptococcus. Cryptococcus <laughs> then. Um, I just, cryptococcus, it sounds like a Bajan pirate, like so I was calling it that. So basically. It's from when you study too much cryptids, it just leaks into your. I thought Dan was going to start asking you for like investment advice for cryptocurrency. <laughs> I was just it's like, amazing how much crypto stuff pops up now. That Bet comes home, he just won't stop investing in like Bitcoin and like yeah. other, like shitcoin, and she's like, he needs help. And George's got the crypto <laughs> But people, if you didn't know, George uh, had a kidney transplant when he was eighteen, so he you're immunosuppressant now. Yeah, and only people with that are immunosuppressant or have HIV or AIDS can catch this particular... Yeah, so we're not really sure which one it was. <laughs> <laughs> we know what it was. Yeah. No, like, everyone gets it, but it only really, like, really badly affects people that are immu- immunosuppressant. Everyone has those days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I was reading about it, though, if it... It had only made... It didn't make its way to your brain on your spine, right? No. If it does, there's a 70% mortality rate. Yeah, it's pretty... Which was fucking hectic. Yeah, pretty wild. Um, luckily, it was only isolated to the lungs. But well, they had to good. do all the tests, like needle in the back and all that to make sure it wasn't in there, but it wasn't in there, thank God. So but they luckily, it... you do your tests for your kidney thing. Yeah, like it showed up, up on, on an x-ray. Otherwise, most, because you said you had no symptoms. No. Nah. So most people would just, you know. Yeah, so I went in the hospital feeling fine. Like there was nothing wrong with yeah. me. Well, that is super lucky. Because they thought it was pneumonia at first, didn't they? Because yeah. they saw fluid that's, on That's how it looked on the x-ray yeah and the ct i was at dad's when dad was telling me and i was google because he was like what do you know about it and i was like went all adhd down the rabbit holes googling and i was mm. like 70 percent mortality rate i was like he'll be fine i, had I didn't to stop. say i, I didn't had, say it I, to like dad yet. I had to stop i was googling it all too and i'm like mm. i was like looks good everything looks good <laughs> <laughs> looks good yeah so you were in hospital and then you flew off to the maldives or yeah. maldives i don't know who americans say maldives in yeah. australia i'm fine maldives <laughs> yeah and had a nice little break over there to recover so it was good was, was it good boring? Timing, kind of. Oh, it was good timing. I was, yeah. We were really worried that boring? we weren't going to make it. No, serious question was a lot of people say you get there and it's amazing for two days and it's like, what the fuck can we do now? Or no, you just eat. Yeah, right, that's not <laughs> If boring. you have like a heaps hectic life too, like especially with all your health issues that you'd had, mm. like I don't think you, you want to be bored, don't you? You kind of don't want, not be bored, but you kind of just want to have no plans. Yeah. Like, well, while we were there, you felt inclined, like you wanted to go out and get everything like you could. Yeah. Because you got like the all-inclusive package. So you wanted to eat as much food as you could. You were doing a dad for. at Pizza Hut? Yeah. So <laughs> I was already paid for. It was already paid for. So it wasn't like, that'll be $400 for that kebab. No. Oh, where, where are you going on all this? <laughs> I just thought because they trapped you there on an island, they're Josh, like, okay, Josh let's do it. Josh, no, Josh goes nowhere. Josh getting drunk at <laughs> 2 o'clock in the morning, come down the main street. Yeah, man, that'd be 400 bucks. Yeah, all right, that's pretty good. My holidays are when the kids go in the other room on their iPad. <laughs> I feel like you're the sort of person, Josh, that's never been overseas and you'd be the one that's like, I think I'll go to Iran first. Like, somewhere <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you've got to start from the bottom work your way yeah. out. So you were in the Maldives, Josh. Mm. You were fucking 
my you arms were fine. Don't you were just cruising. Yeah. I was sick because I got pregnant, so I was really sick. I'm six months pregnant now, which is nuts because I think I you didn't know I was pre- last episode that we recorded. I was pregnant then as well, but I hadn't told anyone yet. I think I was only like seven or eight weeks. It's very rude of you. So yeah, it's like it two months. Very loyal listeners. Secrets, Jesus and now watches. Well, <laughs> I had to tell Dad because Dad's got the quad, and he'd like be like, "Oh, come down here, or we'll do this." Or he, do you want a lift home sort of thing? Like you're pregnant, you're not really supposed to go on them when you're pregnant because it can cause, like, especially when you're really early. Is on. there a sticker on there too saying no? You know, the cross along with pregnant lady. I think so. It's actually, up the top. oh really? I, I was only joking. I actually, I'm not sure, but but so I had to tell Dad, and then. Mum kind of, I think mum kind of kept forgetting. So it was like really nice. He kept telling her every day. And she's like, oh, wow, that's nice. I'm pregnant. Like, it's lovely. <laughs> but I got really sick. And then after, like super, super tired after that, like literally bedridden. Dan had to take time off work to look after me and Juniper. And then I was just telling George before I got a kidney stone. Such a healthy family. I know. When's this going to affect you besides yeah. mentally? Listen, I just, you know, I don't tell people my problems normally. <laughs> I've only just started telling people my problems We can now. see your problems. <laughs> Most of the time I just... Why do you think he wears a hat? That's like the, the, every, yeah, every second day, Bill will tell me something like, oh, man, like, oh, I'm just my sinus again. Like, and that'll continue, that's continued all our lives so far. So you kind of be in the backseat. I have problems, time. but I sort of just don't feel the urge to tell her. <laughs> like I get home, I'm like, my back's sore, but I'm like, I don't think she's going to fix it for me, so I might just leave her <laughs> alone. But I wish she had that thought process. Yeah, I might hassle, might hassle him with this one because his answer is always, "You want to go just sort it out then, so it doesn't happen again." No, I'd rather just drink less water and have more of a headache. <laughs> yeah, because then they're like, then you feel like you got to do something about it. When yeah, you just wanted to tell. But like I keep my just... demons bottled up, but everyone else has like, here, have some of my bottle, and I got to put it in my bottle. Oh, how should? You... So you're talking about your cup and your spoons, man? Have you heard of spoons? So it's like to do with like... Oh, like in general, like it's I like eat like yogurts <laughs> every day. But it's like a mental health thing. So you only have like 10 spoons and you've used all your spoons. So now you're like, what the fuck do I do for spoons? You only have ten, like 10 spoons over how long? A course of how long? It's just Sorry, like... I'm really what's the spoons a metaphor for? The yeah, spoons are a metaphor for like how much you have to give in life. So, you know, when sometimes... 10's not you're, much because people don't, give Josh. a lot. Yeah, you probably don't get it because I know you've said before you don't really struggle with anything like that. But do you ever get those days where you're just like, I fucking can't even? Yeah, I had one today. Well, it's like that where you've used all your spoons. So you had to pay your bills or mow your lawn or deal with your wife. Oh, so they're not going forever. They, re- they reset when you feel good again. They do, then. but then you're in bed and you think, oh, I don't know. It's like a, it's like part of that community. They go, I don't have any fucking spoons. Like you don't have the energy or the mental capacity or anything to be able to process like a normal day. You just want to stay in bed or do nothing. Like do yeah. just game or something t- so you can regenerate your spoons. Mm. Yeah, I Every day. Do. It's kind of like you go to a drawer and you want to get a spoon because you want to eat ice cream and there's no spoons left. You think, well, I don't have none. You can't have your ice cream. <laughs> exactly. But my ice cream's gone anyway because I gave it. metaphorical spoons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I gave my exactly. ice cream away as well. Josh is like, I just eat it with my hands. Like, <laughs> 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 Whose problem is this? I actually ate my yogurt the other day with a um, just a sayo stick sort of thing. What? Because I forgot my spoon. That happens a lot actually. A sayo stick? Because yeah. I don't know how you, like a cracker. Like just a cracker. Like what sort of, like just a normal. Like a salty normal cracker. It was I'm talking about yo- like a normal yogurt, like just a little like tube. a chiabani sort of out of a tub. It uh. was a fucking yogo, and you know it. I didn't. Oh, wasn't a squeeze. Yogos. I wasn't oh. squeezing it under a cracker. <laughs> I forgot my spoon because I normally eat it by going. <laughs> you need to get one of those things, the squeezy packets, and there's a spoon that screws onto it. You get it for like little kids, and you can squeeze a bit out on the spoon, and then you put it in their mouth. That's Josh at work now. Like, <laughs> there's a spoon there. Just living your best life. Yeah. Well, we're actually filming right now as well, but you probably won't see this, listeners. It's just more of a trial run so that I can see how buggy shit gets. When you say probably, do you mean there's a chance, though? 
maybe if I do like a short or a highlight reel or something, mm. if you manage to say something funny. Oh, okay. It's just, just like, fuck, so much pressure. Yeah. <laughs> but we got a good one. For, oh, well, so yeah. So if you haven't already, go to YouTube, follow Mellow Tiger podcast on YouTube. Um, subscribe and we'll see you real soon and we'll upload the next episode for sure once we've gotten all the bugs out of this one. We know what we're doing. We already had one hater. Did we? As well. Yeah, is that the one we talked comment. about last yeah, time? Yeah, he didn't, uh, he really didn't like me and I knew that would happen. Yeah, I did I'll too. be the least like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a woman and I've got opinions and that's fucking not on. Well, it's not, it really isn't. We're going to do like a rating saying my ratings are up this week. Breeze <laughs> <laughs> are plummeting again. So I'd be fucking. Yeah, stocks keep on raising. Yeah. Josh would be like heaps high because I'd be like, yeah, he's like the friend everyone has. And they're just like, she's like a nagging bitch wife. Yeah, and Josh puts literally no effort into this podcast. <laughs> I just don't want women to be hurt. Fuck that bitch. Like, <laughs> But I, we got a treat for you. I finally finished. The Jaws. Oh, I really want to listen to this too, by the way. Well, we'll see. Oh, good. You're front and center. Yeah. You're right here. <laughs> You're front and center. You're front and center. Jaws in the hot seat. Jaws <laughs> got one job. in. Jaws in the hot seat, which means when you look at him on film, he looks the best because he looks really like Because of the way that the camera lens works, Jaws mm. looking fucking fit and fab and I'm looking like a bloated asshole. Oh, you're a pretty Josh good is, side You don't look right too now. bad, no, actually. It's kind of shit. Texas show. Stop looking at you. This is going to be you both doing yeah, it. It's going to be a problem. Uh, and I just am what I am. And you just have to. I can't. <laughs> I just want to am accept me. Wait. Take me for I can't wait for like. Do better. Everyone placing value on how you look like stupid fat bitch. I'm like, yeah, but did you like the content? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't care about that. Did you enjoy the episode? If they're like, she's really dumb in her research. She'll be like, oh. <laughs> but it's just like, she's fat. I'm like, so, yeah, right. It's the least interesting thing about any Well, you just this. opened like, yourself up for those comments now. I'm fucking cutting that out. <laughs> Don't worry about them people because they're the people who are holding <laughs> ten spoons as selfish bastards. Yeah, fuck mm. them. They've got all the spoons. We Actually, should do like a send your spoons type deal thing. Like let's we'll, we'll donate we'll, spoons. Yeah, we'll work on the analogy <laughs> further so we we fully understand. No, so just, you, let's dive in the deep end. Well, so don't forget to go and like and subscribe and share and follow us and all that because it's good and we like doing this. <laughs> <laughs> fuck! What do you want from me, Josh? Don't spit that out. <laughs> Left nostril. Oh, because it's good. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to experience. Today we're going to be talking about the story that inspired the movie Jaws. It was actually true. Like what happened? We can start. Yeah. So I'm sure you'll get into it, but like true as in it was nearly as bad as what the movie portrays in a way. I guess the movie I mean, wasn't full on crazy, was it? In terms of they like kind people of, getting massacred everywhere. There are elements no. that are similar, but like they obviously overhyped the shark to be this massive creature. Oh, when, yeah. Do they really need to be to be terrifying? You know what I mean? Like, I Not get why really. they did it for the movie, but like in real life, I like, think to single it out from other sharks to make it this one individual scary. Yeah, but if a little four foot shark wants to fuck you up, it's like that's yeah. scary too. Yeah, but how yeah. many how many little <laughs> four foot sharks are there out there though? If to make it Too one, many. to make it one though, individual that thinks like I'm All coming for people. Right. It, it was for dramatic effect. But the best thing I liked about Jaws was they didn't show the shark all the time. That's yeah, that was. They good let your imagination Fuck. do the fear for you. How yeah. mad are you when there's like the, uh, such a good movie and you're so scared and you're like what? And then they show the creature Straight and like, it's like yeah. two Kellogg's boxes taped together, painted yeah. black, and you're like, what the? 
fuck like and then it's just shit it's always better to let your imagination Absol- yeah. run wild so a werewolf would jump out in front of you like, oh mate you should have come from behind I, I feel like people are like we used to like the mellow tiger and then we started watching them on YouTube and we realised that we fucking hate them now because our imagination was something else <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the source material for this episode is a book written by Richard G. Fernicola he's a doctor Dick and it's G. called 12 Days of Dick G 12 Days of Dick G no. <laughs> it's called 12 Days of Terror and now I would like, if you are really, really, really into this and you want to know as much as, and like, I don't think anyone knows more about this than this man. I would highly recommend you, you can um, get a, uh, you can buy it off Amazon. I just downloaded it to my Kindle and it is so chock full of information that it made this really difficult because I wrote a script and it was like four hours long and it was just not happening. Like, like un- unnecessary info or like good Depends who you are. For me, I personally love as much information as possible and I didn't I liked this book, but I, I thought it was too much. You know what I mean? Like yeah, right. and if someone who just wants all of the info felt like it was too much, then it's probably a bit too much, you know? Right. Similar to the unexplainable bear attacks we previously covered in Night of the Grizzlies, the nineteen sixteen Twelve Days of Terror was shocking not only for the brutality of the events, but also the short timeline in which they unfolded, the location and the upheaval of the public's and even scientists' understanding of sharks in general. Like, it's actually really nuts how similar, like, the Night of the Grizzlies attacks and these attacks were in terms of, like, everyone thought bears were, like, I'm fucking not going to bother you <laughs> until they do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Until you poke it with that stick. No one thought it would be a problem. You know what I mean? Even after, like, like problematic behaviour had started, everyone's like, that's fine. Yeah, back to like, the movie, back to the water, they all just go, and he's like, Get off the, what are you doing on the beach? Yeah, and everyone's like... It- it's a bit too much about money as well, and no. we'll, we'll get into it, but it's actually nuts how little people knew about sharks as well. So due to the violent nature and fear induced by sharks, these razor-toothed, dead-eyed creatures continue to occupy our thoughts like no other animal-related phenomenon. You don't you don't need to know much about sharks. No. You just need to know. Why, need to know are <laughs> Why are they... They so don't know their biology, so <laughs> I'm going for a tip. <laughs> why are they so terrifying, though? Like, why do you think they're so terrifying? Well, I honestly think it's because you're in... In an environment you're not particularly good yep. at, good in, mm. and you can't see like you can't see anything. Yeah, and, like and it's I'll there add, somewhere. And I'll add to that: you're right, you're out of your element, mm. and the they they're fish like they just kill to eat. Yeah, they got no like thought pattern really. Like not like a mammal where it's like yeah. weighing you up. It's like a shark. I'm eating um, um, to um, live. Um, like, you're yeah. in my way. Um, um, like it's not going to look at you and go, oh no, he's having a hard day. No, you're <laughs> dead. Yeah. Or he might. Oh geez, he's a little bit scared. He might have a go and mm. hurt me a little bit. This thing's just like mouth open. Yeah. I feel like we we ditched our tails and left the ocean like hundreds of thousands of years ago. We should probably just stay on land. But like now you're going to go signing the contract. Well, it's like <laughs> I guess it's like if you were to go into the forest or whatever where there's bears or like say lions or jungle, like you could have Tiger a gun spears. and that makes you feel better, right? Or like bear spray. But or you could also move at your max capacity. You know your um, you know how far you can move or how fast you can run, how strong you are. Yeah. You get on that water, no you, chance. You don't. You got no. You got nothing. True. Mm. So it's also like you can't shoot them. You can't protect yourself from them in well, yeah, any yeah. way, really. You don't see them or hear them coming. You have no idea if they're there or not. And you pretty much have no way to defend yourself, like you said. Yeah. You just can't. Oh, just punch them in the nose. Just poke their eyes. But Go for the gills. They're also, Slater done And it. like George said, they're also like a master predator of their domain. Well, how long have they been alive for? Since before the dinosaurs. Yeah, they've three hundred million years now. or something. That's like crazy. Perfecting it. Yeah. yeah. Unlike most predators, sharks don't go for the throat either so like for example a lion would usually suffocate the neck of its prey before eating it and like bears are also known to incapacitate theirs by crushing their spines or their skulls with their big paws 
Sharks, however, have no problem with dismembering. They're still very much alive victims. Mm. They just they don't care if you're alive or not. They're just I'm here to eat. They just start eating. Yeah, we well, just take the biggest what the legs down there first, and they take that. I guess there was a, like I sent a statistic thing where it said how many times they ate. They took your leg, your torso, your chest, your oh sorry, lower torso, chest, and head. It was like a percentage, and it was a huge deal. Well, your head's leg. up, like usually not in the water. Right? No, but it's happened. Like it's happened minuscule times. I think I'd rather if I knew I was going to just take my head. Yeah. yeah. Javelin. 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 <laughs> Use it on the shark. Always no. swim with a javelin. <laughs> Always swim with a javelin. <laughs> That's the takeaway. Imagine if everybody swam with a javelin at a popular beach. <laughs> <laughs> Although a shark attack is horrifying and tragic in nature, it's still a rather rare occurrence. Globally, on average, there are around 100 unprovoked attacks a year, resulting in 10 or so fatalities. The bulk of these attacks are cases of prey misidentification, which result in a quick release by the shark. In reality, you're more likely to die as a result of being struck by lightning than being mauled by a shark. Mm. I, I get it. They say that the shark, it's accidental. Like They'll take a bite. Oh, you're not what I want to eat. I'll move on. But the problem is by the time they've moved on, you're, <laughs> you're full of holes. Yeah, you've like already severed arteries yeah. or something. Yeah, their taste test is like, you know, your, your left foot up to your balls. So. Yeah. <laughs> but... but- but even then, for the most part, they will try to avoid. I hate. I don't want to demonize sharks, so I feel like they're obviously like a really important part of the ecosystem and all that. And like I said, like you're more likely to die from lightning. But it's just like, is it a chance you're willing to take? No, but I hate those ones where you're more likely to hit by a bus and hit by a shark or a lot, whatever it may be. True. But you tip me in shark-infested waters and then give me that quote again. True. <laughs> mm. I don't think a bus of lightning is going to get me out there yeah. if I'm in shark-infested waters. Oh, that was good. <laughs> I didn't mean to. Excuse me. People are like that with, with like doctors now. Even it's like, oh, the percentage of that happening. It's like when you've got a kid that has a very, very rare genetic disorder, mm. it's just like... It's not the same Everything statistics. can happen now. Yeah. yeah. Like you, the more shit starts happening to you, you kind of realise, oh, it could happen to anyone and, it, and it's happened to me. Like, So the release of the 1975 horror, horror film Jaws kicked off an international shark panic. The author of the novel, Peter Benchley, once stated in an interview that his book had completely inadvertently tapped into a very, very deep fear. So it was actually a book first. So they've written everyone thought that's scary, so you yeah. can make a good horror movie. So I think, yeah, I think he wrote the book probably, like, maybe not, like, from the sounds of things, even he didn't realise how many people would be terrified by this. What year was it again, sorry? 1975. And what the movie wasn't that for long after 1977? that 1977? Jeez, they didn't hold back, yeah. did they? It was, didn't the, any time. it was the seventies. Yeah. I don't. I'd have to look that up. The, the first Jaws was definitely in the seventies. The movie, I know that. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So they, I think, so Steven Spielberg would have read the book and gone, "Fuck you," a little stiffy. Yes, he's in his own knees. I got one, Mark. <laughs> the majority of the elements that made Jaws hit so hard could be found in the real life horror that unfolded on the east coast of the United States during the summer of nineteen sixteen. In early July, five people were attacked off the New Jersey shore over the span of 12 days. So five people in 12 days. Author of the 12 Days of Terror, Dr. Dick G. Fernicola, (laughs) explains, these bizarre attacks were more than enough to send a prosperous East Coast society and the world at large into a climate of shock and confusion over what could now be classified as a once in a millennium event. So how, how often do you hear about it now? Like multiple shark attacks in one area. Over 12 days. Unheard of. Not going to happen. Hopefully, well, most, if I heard of a shark attack, I'm not going in the water. I don't go in the water anyway. True. Although that's a lie. Yeah, you went. Yeah, but I got lied to. (laughs) The guy there was literally like, are you afraid of sharks? And I was like, yes. He's like, don't worry. They don't happen. They're all vegetarians here. 
And I Googled it and I was like, yeah, fair enough. They look... They did, you didn't Google if sharks were vegetarians. And <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what I part are you I thought as well. <laughs> no, I Googled the sharks are in the area and I was like, nah, they all seem pretty all right. Yeah. So I went, pretty snor- chill. I, I went snorkeling chill like that. and that yeah. and had all the good time. They went, I'll go back and Google again. I'll Google it again. No, one of the main species there is a tiger shark. Yeah, because it's temperate water. Yeah, and I was like, hell no. no. If I knew that before, I would not have got in there. Well, Daniel tells me, because Barbados is like similar to the mm. Maldives, but he says like, because there is no river feeding into the ocean, that's where like sharks like to fish. And because it's quite shallow for really far, you don't really get big predators as such. It's more like one side of the island in Barbados where there's a shelf that drops off. That's yeah. where you get sharks, but yep. on the other side you don't because there's no fish or there's like no yeah. wildlife for them to eat or some shit. Yeah. And I was like, I fucking still don't believe you, eh? <laughs> like, I don't care. Yeah, but that makes sense why Stockton Beach would be, I think they did say it was the it's number so one. Hectic. It's the number one breeding ground for great white sharks. And Brisbane River is like the number one breeding ground for bull sharks. Yeah. One of, it's like the biggest in the world for bull sharks. That's a big river too. Daniel would go, um, Wakeboarding in it. Well, that's like Harrington, where they d- took all the trawlers in. They literally used to trawl like meat and stuff through, and it'd come off the back of the boat from like all the fish and stuff. Mm. So that's burly. It's <laughs> rampant with bull sharks. Next minute, there's people out there like skiing on, on the donut behind the boat and stuff. I'm I, like, eh, eh. Do you know what I think? I think we're just farm people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because Dan's like, oh, I don't. They're not going to bother me, and I'm just like, I'm just going to stick with my hay. Yeah. Like a lot of people. Like a lot of those people surfing and that probably think when you stick your hand up a cow's ass is weird, but. It is still if you do it for like no re- what what for no it's reason context Josh yeah we just the one hand for, yeah but <laughs> why are you doing that I don't know do you mean like when you're doing like artificial insemination yeah that one okay no not just having fun see people yeah that's what that. I'm that's at, I said like, it so fluently thinking yeah. everybody understands what I'm talking about that's what I'm getting at. you need to provide context. yeah I'm not just picking a random cow put my hand up its butt <laughs> it's insemination <laughs> I'm not even gonna explain not, that that's not do you remember when Dad, one of my teachers asked, no, one weekend we went and bought semen from a guy with Dad because Dad was buying semen for the cows. Did he have like a black trench coat? <laughs> this was in Singleton. This was like near Bucken. And my teacher was like, what did you get to the weekend? I'm like, went and bought semen with me Dad. And they were like, what? And it was he sold straws of semen, and that's where we went. We went to pick up. It's for the cows, like because you got to get them that good Canadian face. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you you. It's a bull. Josh isn't sticking his hand <laughs> up cows' asses ready. for no reason. He got got the cup. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, this is getting so bad. So in 1915, there were these two brothers, right? This is 1915. That's like you and I. Yep, mm. they're going well so far. Ernest Williamson, J. <gasps> oh, Ernest Williamson, stop. J. And Jay. his brother, <gasps> Ernest, not Ernst. Yeah, the, you're going with Jay's and Ernest. Fucking patient, huh? One letter different. And so these two brothers, they got a used submarine. I don't know why. Sounds used. sick. I'll yeah. do it. Well, it's a submarine chamber and the West Indies to view sharks under direct observation. So this was an opportunity to study the shark under natural conditions, which they asserted had never been done before. So these brothers do sound a bit like, oh, I got me snake oil, but they're like, this has never been done before. So they're watching these sharks and they pick calf carcasses as bait so they hang it from a hook from like a boat up above them and they're in the chamber watching the sharks and apparently like this one shark kind of comes around and he starts circling the bait he's like oh yeah and he leaves he comes back with a mate so now we've got two sharks doing that and he leaves they like those two leave and then over a six hour period they kept doing that they're like bringing in other sharks and they reckon around 30 sharks had amassed around this carcass none of them touching it the brothers watched as a shark delivered a single snap at the hanging bait 
which in turn triggered a ferocious assault on the carcasses. So there was a bunch of carcasses there. So they just went nuts. Yep. So the feeding was so intense, the sharks were seen to blindly attack one another. The brothers had observed what would later be known as a feeding frenzy. So that's how they go crazy. One attacks and then they all go And then just sets them off. But the brothers also did mention that some of the sharks were as big as 30 feet long, which would suggest some exaggeration in their data. 30 feet long? That'd be like a record, wouldn't it? I think so, yes. A whale going past. Yeah, I don't. Shark! I swear. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, look how aggressive it is. (laughs) So this study... (laughs) I just want to eat me kelpie, please. Hugs a cage like a dog does. Hugs a person. Who's <laughs> <laughs> trying to kill us, William? <laughs> Despite the Williamson study being posted in the New York Times and a bunch of reports from around the world regarding the ferocity and man-eating abilities of large sharks, it was obvious that from 1891 to July 1916, the scientific community had held steadfast on the opinion that sharks would not attack a live human, especially not in warmer water. That was it. Sharks don't attack people. Is like the community, the scientific community is like, no. Like this is, you'll see, you'll see. So in the late 1800s, there was like this really well-liked and intelligent millionaire named Herman Ulrichs. He offered a reward of $500, which is back in the day a lot. We're not fucking doing no conversions here. We do now. I reckon we get a calculator here somewhere. So So he offered a reward of $500 for an authenticated case of a man having been attacked by a shark in temperate waters in the US north of Cape Hatteras in North Carolina. All the people needing money getting down the water. I got this money. I'm taking taking a neighbour out of that like if I I had one. So authenticated case. So he basically wanted to hear an authenticated story of it happening. So neither the reward nor U.S. government publications were able to elicit reliable evidence of an attack. So there had been a bunch of anecdotal accounts sent to the New York Times from of attacks in Georgia, Florida, Cuba, and the Gulf of Mexico. There were also other reports that were sent from by letters from Australia that there were three known attacks that happened in Australia. Apparently, one was a little boy in like Circular Quay, like in the harbour, mm. was dangling his legs over the water. And some like it, a shark come up and grabbed his legs as he was dangling them and pulled him under and they never saw him again. But because none of these stories could be authenticated. But wasn't there, back in the war, wasn't there that ship where they all abandoned it? Indian, yeah. In um, Indianapolis. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, Isn't that enough of an example that a shark attacks living people? There's only a thousand people went in the water and about... 60 or something yeah. made it out. Do you, have you heard the story of that? Yeah, it's, it's terrifying. Mm. No, like not just the shark attack side of it. Like what the dudes started doing to each other before yeah, they did. He said they were hallucinating because they started drinking seawater and stuff like that. Dude, trigger warning for like sexual assault. They started like raping one another. And In the like water? Eating. Yeah, they, well, there was also lifeboats and they started eating yeah, um, I remember each other. Eating like part. if you listen to last podcast on the left, they did like a multi-series episodes on it. It's so fucked up what the men start Like, the sharks were the least of their problems. Like, the men started, like, swimming up to other men in the water. And, like, it... it but, and the crazy yeah. thing about it was, though, they hadn't been in the water for that long. Like... like it is the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would only been, like, a couple... Not even a couple of days. Or like really? A, I think You're going to eat that finger? They resorted to cannibalism, like, in... Super early? Time. Yeah, like, that's what was... Like, what they did was super fucked up, but, like, the most fucked up part about it was, like, it was, like, you kind of very early to this party, like... The sharks are probably swimming going, what the 
Fuck. We, we need to, try to, to help him. We Grab that guy. <laughs> We're shark, trying to save you. you know, the sharks are like, I'm putting you out of my misery because these men yeah. are bad. Yeah. Like, Shit. No, I didn't know. That. I didn't know about that. Like some of the dudes would. One of the stories they were telling, like he would like swim up to another dude and shank them in the ribs and then kick them away from the group, and the sharks would come and eat them. Yeah, oh, I heard yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah, it's like a good way to get rid of someone you don't like. They reckon a dude was. They interviewed one of them, one of the survivors, and he said so many went in and so many got out, and it was ridiculous how many people died. But he said like. People were starting to drink the seawater. They got that thirst. You know, they were going crazy, mm. and they'd like swim off by themselves, going like talking to themselves. Next minute, they go, mm. get pulled under. That's what oh he said. God. You I just watch I'd... people slowly just go off by themselves and. Vroom, Dude, I'd under. rather the sharks at that point. Honestly, he said you're just sitting on a raft waiting for waiting to die. People yeah. were just around you just going. There was like, from <sighs> what I heard, there was like one good raft where everyone was kind of pretty sane, and I. I don't know if, like, they kind of didn't really know what was... Because they, they drifted quite a fair bit away from everyone else. Like, everyone kind of started drifting away and they didn't really know what was going on. And then when they kind of realised what was going on, they were just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, they, they were the only raft that kind of just stayed chill and everyone else just descended into, like, complete and absolute fucking madness. Yeah. But I think they that was before this happened. Or around the same time. No, yeah, I'm trying to think. 90. We'll the, see. Go- the guy. No, it was a World War One or two, wasn't it? Or two. I think it was two. World War Two. It was. The oh, guy, the II guy in the movie. I don't know if this is factual, but the guy in the movie Jaws actually brought it up. Yeah, that he was on that shit. boat. Yeah, they sunk it in World War Two. Nineteen forty-five. Yeah. yeah. So it's well after. Yeah. So the Indianapolis went down in nineteen forty-five. But also, it's it's um good to know right now as well. Like, not it's what World War One started in what nineteen fourteen, but Australia. Australia joined um, in in 1914. I just remember the date 1918 for some reason. Yeah, it was later than 14. I thought it was. No, it was yeah. 1914. When My it started, country yeah. said, son, it's time you stop. There's work to be done. So I gave you my team. You know the Paul Kelly No? Okay. Well, I think I'm fairly certain it's Australia joined in 1914. Not 1914 and 1918. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. I know my history. Um, but this is 1916 and America hadn't joined World War One yet. They're on the cusp. Don't you wake me, I'll do it. So that's, what, uh, that's a lot of what's going on at the moment mm. in America. They're on the cusp of, of joining this world war. So there's tensions are high in America. They're, everyone's like, fuck yeah, tensions are high. Like, let's go on our last big blowout summer. Where are we going to go? To the beach. Of course. Time after time, members of the scientific community dismissed the threat of shark attack as a non-issue. So this is all happening on the East Coast near like New York, like a New York down to... New Jersey, or that kind of little beach there, <laughs> little beachy. Oh, that little, beach. Little little water area. <laughs> Did you go to this beach? I've been to New York and I have been to New Jersey, but I have not been to. She the just could have just said no, <laughs> couldn't you? Why don't this? No, beach I was, I was being, ha- I was being no, no, serious. No, but like I'm like this beach where it happened at. Have yeah. I been to it? No. Yeah. Fuck no. That's not on my list of things to do. I just want to go walking in the woods with the bears. <laughs> I fight them. I'm not fighting a shark. Dr. Hugh M. Smith, U.S. Commissioner of Fisheries, and Dr. H.F. Moore, Deputy Commissioner of the Fisheries Service in Philadelphia, both agreed that with the exception of the possibility of rare tropic attacks, shark attacks against humans had not been seen in history. Never seen it. Dr. Not a guy getting attacked saw it. <laughs> well, like they've, they've heard a little whisper. Yeah. Of, like especially sailors. Mm. But no, nothing. We don't think so. Dr. Henry Fowler, a well-known ichthyologist, which is a fish biologist, and Dr. Henry Skinner, a respected scientist, both hypothesized that no shark could bite off a man's leg in a single bite. (laughs) They concluded the the sharks do not possess jaws powerful enough to perform the task despite their enormous size. Have they seen... Yeah, that's weird. And they're experts in that field. Have no fucking idea. Like, they don't... 
this is what I'm getting at. Like, nothing. They know nothing. Is that one of those uni degrees where they read something but never actually no, they're like, involved? No, I think they're legitimate science. I just don't, scientists, like, but they just haven't had the opportunity to study it in the way it probably needed to be studied because they, Look, they're about to get a chance. <laughs> I've seen the bones of a T-Rex and I've never studied one. But I'm pretty sure it could bite the leg off a human being. I don't know. It's got small arms, man. So I think even though it's so big, it couldn't actually tear your face off. Because it can't catch you. Can't yeah. grab you. Can't grab So the final opinion on these sharks was deferred to Dr. Frederick Lucas, who has a big hand in what's to come, the director of the American Museum. He stated there was practically no danger of an attack from a shark about our coast. Practically. Famous last words, anyone? He covered himself a bit, though. He said practically. Yeah. So that's good as a scientist. Yeah. Practically, if I chuck that in there, mm. if it does happen, I did say practically. Yeah, it wasn't hundred percent. <laughs> okay, so let's let me take you on an adventure oh, to where George, George doesn't want to go there. Please, let's just get through this. <laughs> I will show you the way. <laughs> <laughs> the Jersey Shore encompasses around two hundred and twenty-seven kilometers of ocean front bordering the Atlantic Ocean. Its beaches separate small rivers and inlets and consist almost exclusively of white sand. I think it gives me like. Central Coast vibes, right? Or like even like Gold Coast vibes, like, mm. you know, estuaries yeah. are coming in. You've got some nice beaches. I don't know why I've never thought of the East Coast like that. I've always I felt like, like California don't. and like that sort of, of voice. A hundred percent agree. I think bec- maybe it just seems overpopulated now mm. or something. And there's like so much trash coming out of the New York River or whatever. But it still is. Like people like love North Carolina and that for their ocean adventures. But I was the same. I never really... yeah. It's probably bad, like stereotypical. Like everyone thinks Australia is just a desert, but it's not. Like you know yeah. what I mean. Like you just think of you it just, that way. You think I think of like the East Coast is very industrial, mm. almost like. Mm. But this is also 1916 as well, so it's not like it's still pretty underdeveloped. It's yeah. pretty chill. So along this area of coast, there are a bunch of resorts, and it's they're predominantly patronized by the most wealthy people you can think of, and like the those with the most stature. So like I'm talking well-to-do celebrities, politicians, businessmen, their friends and family. It's a place to be for high class. Fuck yeah. Because it's like this is a time before there was like commercial air travel and air conditioning. So people, like nowadays, you'd be like, oh, I'm going to the Maldives, right? Mm. Fucking in what? (laughs) You don't really have the opportunity to do that anymore. Like you would, if it was us now, we'd just go to Nelson Bay or whatever. Like it's up the road. Like you just go where it's most convenient because New York these areas house a lot of these people. That's where they went. They went to like the fanciest places, which were these resorts along the Jersey coastline. So they would like summer would hit, it'd get really hot and they fucking hop in a train and that trains were packed with literally thousands of daily visitors. And these trains would arrive every 10 minutes to different depots along the shore. So you'd have a train stop. There's like four hotels there. You get off, you go to your hotel to another train there's some more hotels you go like you just get off wherever your hotel is and there's like thousands of people's every 10 minutes coming in jesus so the favorite recreational activity at the time was swimming yeah like this hadn't always been the case though because the ocean was often unpredictable and most people didn't legitimately know how to swim (laughs) no not many pools and that like people just didn't have the opportunity to learn i guess but they didn't know and then regardless they still wanted to do it and it was so hot that they, they're they just like, I fucking want to get in the water. I don't even care. They had printed... Just get me in that shallow yeah. end and let me lie down. Right? They yeah. printed guidebooks and just pamphlets with tips on how to swim. 
and safety at the beach were like in all the hotels. So you could just go get a pamphlet and you read it. Ass covering, go, it yeah. works. Did you do take five? I don't think it was. I, th- <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just like, please give me the water. Come here, we'll teach you how to. And it was also like at a time where there was like customs, like, you know, the women wouldn't go in the water at this time, the men would. So it was customary for like men to go for a swim before dinner and the women their style, like the swimmers they had to wear can be best described as a drowning hazard. Like they had to wear this... Baggy sort of stuff or clothing. You know, the ones like the thick dark woolen dresses with the ruffles and all like stripes and it's like the covered head to toe sort of thing. And it was always durable and like fucking made from a hessian sack. Like you look at it and they just look like a sponge. Sounds like a shit time. Dude, they're going to get dragged to the bottom of the ocean. And it was not access, uh, acceptable for swimsuits to be figure hugging or revealing, and it was generally not accepted to acceptable to wear your bathing attire off the sand. So there was a bunch of bathhouses that lined the beach. Really? Yep. It was like considered like I guess they're all new to it, and this is inappropriate like a new thing. and rude. Like, how do we address swimming at the beach now that we can all do it? So you go to the bathhouse. So you rock up and you're in your suit. You just come from some sort of. So there's a bathhouse where you rock up in your clothes, you change yep. in your swims, you go swim, and then come so you back know the there. Ones, like you, you know the bathhouses mm. I'm talking about? They're yeah, just yeah. like a little like, fucking portaloo or whatever yeah. looking thing. And you wear your suit in and you get your changed out of your suit and then you put your swimmers or you know what I mean, your clothes. Yeah, and you yeah. put your swimmers on and then you go for your, your fucking flaunt in the water and then you come back to the bathhouse and you put your clothes back on your leaves. Like People you, are so weird, aren't they? That's weird. It is weird. I fucking love that society is breaking down now. It's just like, do whatever you want. Like, yeah. I don't care. Like, but that was, that was the thing. So there was also a policy in place that hotel employees at the various resorts were not permitted to bathe or swim in the same area as guests. Oh, so if you were like on your break and you wanted to go for a swim or whatever, or if you were like you weren't allowed to, you had that's your beach. You you're a shit beach. You're over near the rocks. You what are those fucking spiky fish called? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, the yeah, or, 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 oh no, the stonefish is the one. No, the, you had it the first one. Not or, like the origi- ori- <laughs> what the fuck are they called? Yeah, they're, they're like a sea urchin. Uh, urchin. urchin. Yeah, urchin. Ori- look at urchin. that one. <laughs> like you could that beach. You can pat it. But they had set, yeah, so you had to stay in your zone. You weren't allowed to leave that. Or you give them fucking heaps of trouble. How would they know? They watch you like the other employees dob you in or like you hotel guests dob you in. They're fucking rich There's, and they hate the it's poor. It's still today. Like, that still happens today. Yeah, pretty much. Segregate. Get out of it. Beach Haven, located on a 12-kilometer stretch of Long Beach Island, was one of the most pleasant resorts to visit at the time. And back in the early 1800s, the town was mainly occupied by fishermen and whalers. But by the turn of the century, it had become a popular option for tourists due to its pristine waters, scenic sand dunes, and understated boardwalk. So Beach Haven was also home to the luxurious Ingleside Hotel, which was a popular among its more affluent visitors. This is like some top-notch shit. Just balls. Dude, yep. If that was me back in the day, I would be like dressed like a trollop hanging out in there for a husband. Like that's there. They're the rich. That's where you want to hang out. But I'd probably be mistaken for a prostitute, which is kind of what I would be doing in a way. Pardon? It still would fit in that sort of climate, wouldn't it? What's that prostitution? Like sex work? Like you'd be allowed. be accepted. It'd be like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like these hotels are so nice. They wouldn't let a sex worker in. You'd get spotted pretty quick and they'd be like, get out. But then maybe they, hey, get they out of here. You, I, I know your car. I don't know how that would have worked back in the day. So the summer of 1916 was anticipated to be one of the most profitable and enjoyable that Beach Haven had ever experienced. Well, profitable comes before enjoyable. A hundred percent. Gotta love that. That's all they care. Like, well, it's Good people. Story. It's it's Good the business. tourism industry, right? Like, that's what it is. So on Saturday, July 1st, 1916, 25-year-old Charles Epting Vasant 
arrived on the number, I think it's Van Sant, sorry. Charles Epting Van Sant arrived on the number eight train from Philadelphia to Long Beach Island. The handsome and ambitious businessman was attempting to escape the suffocating heat of the city and was accompanied by his father, Dr. Eugene Van Sant, and two of his sisters, Eugenia and Louise. So one sister was missing. I think they really care about her. They don't really mention her much. Was the dad's name Eugene and the daughter's name Eugenia? Eugenia. Yeah, Eugenia. that's what they did back in the day. Yeah. It's like your name's Joseph and they name you I wish I had Josephine. a son. It would have been Eugene Jr. <laughs> <laughs> so by all accounts, like Charles was like this tall, dark and handsome dude. He was a promising graduate of the University of Pennsylvania's class of 1914. He'd acquired a position in uh, with Philadelphia's Falwell Brothers brokerage firm and his co-workers had described him as a man of unusual promise with an exceptionally winning personality and charm of a manner in which brought to him many friends and admirers. He also had great athletic abilities. He liked basketball and golf. He was just one of those dudes. The whole you know package. But all of these tasty. All of these achievements were made possible by his privileged heritage and his large trust fund. So he had a lot gone for him. His dad was like a prominent ENT in Philadelphia, which is an ear, nose and throat specialist. So they were like fucking wealthy. And he was also like the descendant of some like first immigrant to somewhere or something, which was very prestigious, something like that. I just didn't care for it when I was reading it. Like, I was like, fucking up, rich bullshit. Like, but he's still, to be who he is and what they say about him, he's still naturally got to be... Yeah, he. A, but he also had all of the opportunity afforded yeah. to him by his he's well dad's off. money. Yeah, well, and, they're he, well and, off their and, na- then, and they're their prestige associated with their name. Yeah. He probably didn't want most of it, they forced it on him. And he, what the it. fuck? This, what are, this isn't the Titanic. No, like, I mean, is like this dude Rose? I mean, this guy just wants to be a normal guy. They're like, no, be better. <laughs> Well, I, I don't. Is that like parasocial of us to kind of be like, I, I know what he's like. Josh is like empathetic. I'm not being. I'm just trying to be. A, I want not, to play the other side. Devil's advocate. Yeah, I'm not I being, bet you do. I'm not being mean about it. He could have been like, just because you're rich and you have all of this privilege and large trust funds or whatever, it doesn't make you a bad person. I'm just saying. He, maybe he deserves he to be eaten a fucking, by a shark. No. Maybe he wouldn't be a fucking lawyer if he didn't have the opportunity to, I don't know, have his school paid for or his daddy grease and hands. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I know what you mean. Yeah, he's probably... Yeah, he seemed lovely. Josh is a good dude by all accounts. He's rich. Like, you, they, they're not mutually exclusive. Like, you can be both. So the family reached their... Ind- Fuck me. Why is this like turning into I some sort of know. philosophical debate? I don't know. So the family got to the Ingleside Hotel at 5pm and after checking in, Charles headed down to the boardwalk to take this like customary pre-dinner swim. So fucking typical of Charles, while the rest of the family unpacked his shit, he went to down to the boardwalk, he got in his little bathhouse, he got in his swimmers, which were kind of like tights, I would say. Like that ended around your calf muscles. Do the guys? You see the girls covered up a lot. Do the guys yeah. have to cover? Is it like a nudity thing? No, I like you couldn't. It's just modesty. You, you know? know the bathhouse. A guy couldn't like these days walk with just their board shorts, no shirt, past the bath places. You know, walk down the street like we normally do at Nelson No, no, Bay you now. can't. You can yeah. only be on the beach in your yeah. swimmers. Like you fucking imagine if you weren't wearing shoes. Like they. That's what I mean. Like it sounds like it's nudity down. almost if you just keep. I yeah, I think it's just like what's appropriate. Yeah. And uh, the yeah. style at the time. So guys is like, yeah, fucking sure, that sort of shit. The dudes with their stripy long johns and whatever. Convicts. Yeah. So he went down and then he got changed and he made his way down the sandy beach and he made friend with a large Chesa- uh, Chesapeake Bay Retriever, which just looks like a Labrador, mm-hmm. right? So he made friends with his dog 
And he said hello to a friend of his, which was lifeguard Alexander Ott, who was just about to finish his shift. So Alex had been a member of the 1910 American Olympic swim team and took his summer role as lifeguard seriously, just as he'd done during the several previous summers. So he's hanging out on his seat, as lifeguards do. And around this time, uh, Charles's dad, Dr. Van Sant and Louise arrived and they sat down on the sand near the lifeguard stand and were just like watching Charles as he walked into the surf. So he swam for a short while playing with the dog before making his way past the breakers into chest deep water. Charles began calling to the <laughs> retriever. Which is the no-go zone for Jewel. Hoping to continue their previous play. However, the dog now seemed less interested and proceeded to leave the water. So he's just like, come back, dog, come back. In not a southern accent or whatever that was. It was just in a regular rich man's voice. So like, I, like most men call it, come on, Bubba. <laughs> come on, honey. <laughs> come on, canine. Because let's be honest, when no one's watching that, <laughs> come on, <laughs> come on, little puppy. <laughs> I, don't, I feel like you shouldn't be allowed to do that audio only. Like, you're just <laughs> listening to that. It's like when you call a cat, you're like, bush, 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 bush. <laughs> it sounds fucking. Don't, isn't that how you well, call I walked cats, in today right? and I was like, bush, bush, bush. And yeah. I was like, man, I sound retarded. No, it's, that's how you call a cat. You go, bush, 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 bush. You should hear Juniper trying to say it because she like she talks, but not obviously like an adult. And she's like, <laughs> the cat's like, no thanks. It's the same thing though, just making random noises. And like yeah. Donnie. Has but Puss Puss any better than... I don't know what's our, what's our family. I'd say there's a massive difference. <laughs> <laughs> Only because you were tuned with the Puss Puss. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I mean? When you grew up, that's normal for our family to do that. But do other people do that? Imagine I like a stranger driving up to ask for directions and they're lost out in the country, like pretend we're further out and, and you're at the front going, boss, 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 boss. They're like, oh shit, they're going to eat us. That's what I mean. Maybe it's not that normal. So up, up on the beach, the other bathers ignored Charles's continued calls to the dog. Sounds kind of annoying. The other bathers like, are like just, should someone take the dog to him? Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, he really wants his dog to come back and play. However, at the same time, a few people on the shoreline noticed a dark object just beyond the surf. Well, they sp- noticed it. Yeah, That's they're pretty- like, what's that? <laughs> Not like sexy though. They're just like, that's a shark. <laughs> yeah, I'm with shadow in the water. Mm. This is getting spicy. We Wave your hands faster. Shame, whatever you're into. Yeah. Like, like, splash. I mean, we've already gone over furries. <laughs> <laughs> like splash some more. <laughs> oh my god! A small crowd had a mass just as the object came into view. They observed what looked like a black fin cutting through the water towards Charles. So it's that. It's actually that visible that mm-hmm. there's been a small crowd. Yep. Yeah, but they're all saying to each other, "Don't worry." The it scientific evidence says that it won't touch him. What? They don't know what this is. That's what it's like. Imagine going to the, be- the beach and seeing a fin cutting towards someone and you're like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> like you, do- They didn't know what it was. He's like Lenny. <laughs> Dolphins, clowns in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> the, the crowd began shouting urgently at Charles from the shoreline. However, he couldn't hear them as he was still calling for the dog. All of a sudden, Charles, Charles let out a shout that was louder than more high-pitched than his previous calls and he began struggling to return to shore. About 45 metres from the safety of the beach, Charles's shouts turned to shrieks as he began wildly splashing, sending crimson-coloured water into the air. So still a fair way out. Mm-hmm. Alec, uh, he was able to make his way into three and a half feet of water and was roughly 35 metres from shore when lifeguard Alexander Ott noticed him and immediately knew something was terribly wrong. Alexander sprinted across the beach towards Charles, who was soaking in a cloud of bloodied water. Without hesitation, Alexander dragged a thrashing Charles to waist-deep water, 
Witnesses later attested they saw the shark attached to Charles's thigh for the entirety of the rescue. So it's still there. So he's dragging him to shore, and this shark's still like. Lost the lifeguard's probably like, "Thanks for your help, man." He's not attack for humans. He's like, "Thanks, man." That definitely wasn't a taste test. Yeah. No, that was the weird thing about all this as well. It was just mm. so. A man known as W.K. Barkley, who witnessed the entire event, later stated the shark did not let go of Charles until its belly scraped the bottom of the sand. Oh my Is God. that true? That's freaky. That was a witness. True. So amidst the breaking waves, Alexander found help in two locals. And these two guys, they lock their arms together, like forming some sort of human chain and helped hoist Charles' pale body from the lapping surf. So Charles's body laid lifeless on the wet sand as his sister Louise lingered above him, frozen in terror as she watched rivers of her brother's blood flowing freely onto the beach. With the help of a medical student, Charles's father, Dr. Van Sant, hastily moved his son to a desk in the Ingleside manager's office. So imagine being the manager, please don't bleed on that. Just watch the cup. <laughs> oh, fuck. Mm. Two other doctors, Dr. Willis and Dr. Neff, were called in and they quickly went to work attempting to stem the profusely bleeding wound. The doctors began organising for the urgent transport of Charles to the Toms River Community Hospital. However, after reassessing his dire condition, they determined Charles was too weak for travel. He'd already passed out on the beach and was yet to regain consciousness. So the thing about shock is, like, if you get sent into shock, you can die from shock. So they're looking at him and they're just like, well, we'd have to put him into a car. And this is 1916. Our cars don't have great suspension. The roads are fucking dog shit. You put him in this bouncing around car. Like, yeah, he's already gone through enough. Yeah. he. I think they were like, he's already dead, but they don't want to do that either. Like, it's kind of like, shit, we'd have to transport him by train instead because it's smoother and it's less likely to cause shock. But yeah, he never regained consciousness. So Charles was pronounced dead at 6.45pm. Dr. Willis reported the immediate cause of death as hemorrhage from femoral artery left side, with the contributing cause being bitten by a shark while bathing. According to Dr. Willis, the shark virtually tore Charles's leg from his body. Oh my god. The flesh from Charles's left leg had been stripped away from hip to knee, allowing the bone to be easily seen. His right leg had also suffered oh, so, a massive laceration. So his leg's still there, but it's taken the, the, the flesh off the muscle. Yeah, the bone's the still connecting gone. the legs, but the, the flesh is gone. All right. From hip to knee. So just his thigh. Onlookers who had witnessed the event that observed the shark in the water as shallow as half a metre and described it as roughly nine feet long, bluish grey or black in colour and weighing about 230 kilos, all recalled seeing a distinctly large triangular dorsal fin. The fact that it, it's belly bottomed out, and that's the only reason... Fucking, it was like, I want this. One of the witnesses happened to be a sea captain who believed the shark to be a Spanish shark, also known as a green nurse shark. This was the first time the captain had seen this species of shark on the New Jersey coast. I doubt that. Green nurse can just see a captain yeah. chilling on the beach just like with his captain hat on. Yep, I've seen one of them. Yeah. Smoking his like pipe. peg leg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone help me off this beach now. <laughs> <laughs> but green nurse sharks are like not known to be no. aggressive I don't at all. Think... So I don't, I think he might be around. Yeah, I don't think Rainer Sark would have. The people of Southern New Jersey and Philadelphia were horrified by Charles Van Sant's traumatic death. However, even though it was the first recorded shark attack fatality, Northern New Jersey and New York newspaper pretty much buried the stories. That, imagine that these days. That to be the story. Some of them were like, mm, I think it was a fish. I don't think it was a shark. Like maybe it was a shark, I'm, but I'm it was probably sure a fish. pretty sure he got a cramp. <laughs> I think it was a big fish. Like they literally were writing like, oh, that's a big fish. How's that not less? How does that make it less scary? I don't know. I don't know why. Well, technically, they're not wrong. It is a big fish. Yeah, but as a, a newspaper, fish. wouldn't you be like, even if it was a big fish, you'd be like, fucking fuck off, massive shark bites man's head off. Yeah, like, you'd you go want for the it. Readers, yeah. right? Well, I'd just say, a fish tore a man's leg off. 
That would be scarier. Well, sharks are fish. Yeah, but they're trying to play it down by saying it's just yeah. A big fish. I, they were that, trying to play it down for sure, which is weird. That's for what a I thought. Yeah, I think they didn't. They were like, "This is strange. I don't care for this." We're more positive vibes back in this era. Like, yeah, yeah, Benny, you're fired. <laughs> don't bring this shit to my desk again. Yeah. <laughs> Locals were stunned by the attack, but they also relied on the money generated from the tourism. So they kind of just crossed their fingers What's that some crazy shit well. like that wouldn't yeah. happen again. Yeah, they were just like, fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> it's all going to be fine. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> James Meehan, the fish commissioner of Pennsylvania and former director of Philadelphia's aquarium in Fairmont, attempted to smooth things over and calm the public by essentially saying, don't worry about sharks. That shark was probably just after the dog, so you have nothing to worry about. So that's fine. <laughs> He, contributed he missed his target to, by that much. He contributed to a Philadelphia public ledger article stating, despite the death of Charles Van Sant and the report that two sharks have been caught in the vicinity recently, I do not believe there is any reason why people should hesitate in swimming at the beaches for fear of man-eaters. I hardly believe that Van Sant was attacked by a man-eater. Van Sant was in the surf playing with a dog and it may have been a small shark had drifted in at high water and was marooned by the tide, being able to, unable to move quickly and without food, he had come in to attack the dog and snapped at the man in passing. I thought you were going to say, he came in to grab the man's leg to heave him off the sand and get back into the ocean. So obviously yeah. they're saying all of this stuff to not freak people out. Yeah, it sounds like in. made up, not made up, but it sounds like just petty shit to just try and make it sound yeah. plausible. It sounds like the sharks are in charge of them. Yeah. Like bury this shark one. Shark people. <laughs> you know how you have like reptilians, like underground yeah. reptiles? That's in what the sharks the are like. Yeah, the, the sharks are like, you got to make this one disappear, man. <laughs> it's a rogue one. Meehan did say that maybe the shark could have been a great white, but thought it was most likely a blue shark. He also attested that if the shark had been a true through and through man-eater, it definitely would have taken Charles' legs clean off. What? It doesn't... It doesn't make it a man-eater just because it didn't take the whole leg. I think because it ate some of him, it makes it... Because it ate a man. It ate a man, it makes yeah. makes a man-eater. But it didn't take it, But the technically, whole... it didn't eat the whole man, so it can't be a man-eater. It's like, eater. if I eat the chicken, but I don't snap the leg off, does that make me... This a... is what... They're just fucking weird. Yeah, they're making shit up. Uh, Meehan concluded that regardless of species, all sharks belong in deep water and seldom travel close to shore. Other shark experts backed his theories up. Did he tell the shark it belongs in deeper water before it ate the old boy? I don't know if you speak shark. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, they exactly. all belong in deep water. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. So he was literally like, continue swimming, holidaying. Like, enjoy yourself. You're fine, sweetie. Really, live that good ocean life. It's good. It's fine. Get out there. And you know what's crazy? People aren't used to it. So they're like, yeah, they're right. Yeah. I'm going back out there. I think back then... Um, you sound like an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't believe this. But it would have been. Back then, they would have been like, yeah. it's the first time it ever happened. They said, like, this is crazy. It's only ever happened now. Even though it has happened, but never in reported. But back in yeah. those days, people didn't used to question anything. No, it, and as soon as they were told something, they kind of just went with it. Yeah, but exactly. there was a bunch of witnesses to this as well. Like, oh, they're a not going whole back. beach full. Yeah, I guarantee like, they're not going back no, in. No fucking way. So the owner of Ingleside, where the attack occurred, installed a uh, hundred meters of wire netting just off. Oh, sorry, installed wire netting a hundred meters offshore in an effort to protect bathers. So the netting extended the entire length of the beach, giving the tourists who were still arriving in droves some peace of mind. And that would have been top quality back in those days. I don't. They described what it was made out of, and I forgot to care. That was sarcasm. I think it was <laughs> good. No, it was like it actually was like really? pretty heavy duty. Yeah. So the next attack occurred 72 kilometers north of Ingleside, of the Ingleside Hotel in the town of Spring Lake, New Jersey. So this place, you think Ingleside was fancy? This place was really fucking fancy. It was the home tourist attraction to like the most influential people in America. That's when where you they say went to 72 holiday. kilometers north, the beach was how long? 
So it's the same beach, but... 200, no, no, no. 200 just, and something kilometres of yeah, coast. There's 227 kilometres yeah. of coast. So yeah. think of it yeah. like Gold Coast or Central Coast. So this... this it's not 220 kilometres of beach. Not yeah, I know, but I thought... I didn't know if it was the same. That's a lot. That's a no, long No, not the same, beach, the same beach. Just 72 yeah. kilometres north at north, a different yeah, beach. Right, yeah. So two of like the fucking fanciest hotels, Grace the Spring Lake Beachfront, the new Monmouth Hotel and the Essex and Sussex Hotel. Two employees at the Essex and Sussex Hotel were 28-year-old Swiss Bell Captain Charles Bruder and his co-worker, the elevator runner, Henry Nolan. The elevator. That's so cool back then how there was elevator runners. Yeah, so Bruder, he'd worked there since he was eight. So oh. he'd not exact, he had not only excelled at his job, but he was also had a charismatic personality that made him a favourite amongst guests. He took his role very seriously as his brother was fighting in World War One. So Bruder was sending most of his income home to his mother in Lucerne, Switzerland. So he's Swiss. So the other fella who wasn't quite as popular as Bruder was Henry Nolan, the elevator runner. And he was also well-liked by patrons and considered an enthusiastic and proficient worker. Mm. So these guys were mates. So on July 6th, like every day previously, they organized to take their lunch break together at 1.45 p.m. And it takes about an hour. And they always go down to the beach for a swim. So they fucking went down there. They saw that the tide was going out and that the guest beach was busier than usual. So there was a lot of people in the water. And when they went to get changed, this guy came out of the water and he was this guy called Robert Dowling and he was just a teenager, like 18, 19. And he just returned from an hour-long swim that had taken quite him quite far from the shoreline. He told Bruder and Nolan that the water was a bit chilly at first, but you get used to it or you go numb. So he was just like, yep, yeah, fine, go in. I've been swimming out past fucking Dead Man's Land. It's fine. Bruder was known to be a confident swimmer and was not phased by all the talk of sharks that had transpired since what happened to Charles. Yeah, so there's obviously still talk about it, whether they're trying to downplay it or not. There's yeah. always a, words getting around. They're all they're all taking it sort of half serious in a way. Yeah, they're all like, fuck, that sucks for that man. Yeah. Not my guy. problem. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bruder had also spent time off the California coast just months earlier and had some experience with large yet timid sharks. He looked forward to his afternoon splash more than anything and nothing was going to deter him from entering the water. So they went and got changed and then they went to the beach. On duty at the southern end of the beach were well-experienced lifeguards, George White and Chris Anderson. At 2.15pm, they watched as Bruder and Nolan joined some of their co-workers and friends in the employee area of the surf. So Nolan got really tired and cold heaps quicker than Bruder, so he left with a bunch of other employees. They exited the water. Bruder stayed in. He used the low tide as an opportunity to swim further offshore, around 120 metres out. Up on the sand, the beachgoers were drying off or relaxing under umbrellas. Their pleasant afternoon was suddenly interrupted by two shrieks, but followed by a guttural scream coming from offshore. A woman watching from the beach alerted the lifeguards to what she thought was an overturned red canoe. She pointed towards oh. Charles Bruder's location and stated that she could see the canoe's hull just at the surface. It was a deep red colour. She believed it had to be a red canoe. How else could the seawater turn from a blue hue to a deep crimson so quickly? That's fucked up. So she was like, oh, it must be like a canoe under upside down underwater. What else could it be? Why is it so red under that water? Like, veteran lifeguards, White and Anderson, had no recollection of a canoe being anywhere close by and they immediately knew something was wrong. That's no canoe. Nope. What the woman was actually witnessing was not the red hull of a canoe, but a rippling area of bloodied water with Bruder flailing amid its centre. The death of Charles Van Sant had caused lifeguards like White and Anderson to ponder the possibility of a shark attack and how they would navigate it, but they were unable to prepare for such a thing. White and Anderson hastily launched a rescue boat and rowed towards Bruder as fast as their bodies would allow. 
They could see Bruder's head bobbing just above the surface of the water. It was imperative they reached him before he went under. Groups of people began crowding the beach, some having journeyed from several blocks away. One witness had claimed Bruder's awful scream had been heard almost 500 metres away. Another observed observer claimed that Bruder had been tossed high in the air in between strikes. Oh my God. Emma Childs, a wealthy socialite widow, had witnessed the entire event from her balcony aided by the use of her theatre glasses. She immediately, you know those things that yeah, you have at the theatre? Yeah, thing, it's just yeah. like fucking old school binoculars. She immediately rushed down to the hotel switchboard and demanded the operator contact the other hotels along the coast with the message, get out of the water. So one of her, her nieces was holidaying in one of them. So she was like, send get out, out. Yep, get, get, out. get them out. Only my niece. I don't care about the poor people. They can die. She was probably lovely, Josh. Sorry. Or everyone in the guest waters, <laughs> get out. <laughs> <laughs> servants are fine. <laughs> can the servants swim out further than the guests, please? <laughs> Childs later claimed she had seen the shark head towards Bruder, move away, then dart back again just as an aeroplane attacks a zeppelin. So it sounds like shark behavior. Like yeah. she was watching and she saw it move towards him, kind of be like, what the fuck's that? And then leave and then come back again. Is it crazy the vision they have? Like I'm trying to think of me back on a balcony with the binoculars or whatever it may be. I'm trying to watch this. And it's crazy that she's seeing all this in detail. Especially when you don't have the use of both your hands, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she's seeing full of women with but, a pair of binoculars. No, but she's seeing this in detail. <laughs> like it's crazy. <laughs> yes. I know, that's what I was like too. It's quite far out. But I guess if you're high up on a balcony you and the water's very clear, you can see the shadow yeah. doing what shadows do. Another eyewitness... Doing what shadows do. <laughs> Those sexy shadows again. <laughs> Naughty shadow. Oh, the light. It moves. <laughs> the sun is moving. <laughs> Without the light, there are no shadows. Grandma <laughs> world now, Grandma. When the sun goes down. Starcross lover, light and shadow. Okay. Another eyewitness reported that Bruder leapt from the water with his right leg gone from above the knee and blood spurting from the wound. He then fell back oh. into the water and the shark made another attack, no. this time severing his left foot. These seemingly dramatic recounts of the attack were supported by the state of Bruder's body when he was eventually rescued. When White and Anderson were only a few metres from Bruder, they could see the colourlessness of his face and the enormous effort he was making just to stay afloat. He shouted to the lifeguards, a shark bit me, bit my legs off. White offered an oar to Bruder, but he was unable to pull himself in the boat. Can you imagine that? Be weak oh, as shit. Like, <laughs> mate, even if I hadn't been attacked by a shark, if they were hitting me at all, I'd be like, pull me in. Like, Are I you? I slap it away. <laughs> you fucking <laughs> fucking job is this? <laughs> He's barely able to keep himself above the surface. It's like, you guys are the worst lifeguards ever. I hope they don't say you were well-informed and experienced lifeguards in the book. Put the oar away. Can someone take my hand? Like? Is there anybody else on this beach? I'll do it myself. He's just not swimming. So when I heard that, I was just like, even if I was in like my peak physical state, I'd be like, I can't do this. Yes. It's so uncoordinated. They're probably poking him back with it. Get away from the boat. <laughs> just hold him under. Yeah. Sh- Make less of a job for ourselves. <laughs> White then took hold of Bruder's extended arm and dragged him into the extended arm and dragged him into the boat. He wasn't as heavy as White had anticipated. Oh jeez. I wonder why. Oh no, it's not too bad actually. We <laughs> <laughs> should have led with this. <laughs> the lifeguards almost recoiled in horror when they saw Bruder's legs had been torn off below the knee. 
Both. Or Both. Really? Jesus. They quickly began their return trip to shore as Bruder after losing consciousness, silently bled out, laying on the bottom of the boat. Then we want to put like a band-aid on this shit. Like, oh you, they what do you do? Imagine Nothing. that. Band-aid. What could you do? Nothing. I guess you would. You don't have anything. Like, it's not like you have like a belt. Like, you're just in your. This is going to sound dumb. It's probably a little off topic. But you know, how you watch all those movies where they is it cauterizing? You burn things. Yeah. yeah. Would that shit work? That sort of stuff. Like, that's um, a full I think limb, it, though. Again, if it doesn't send you into like shock, mm. there's still like, a, is there a risk of infection? Like, it a, depends where if yeah. you've already lost so much. Because that's blood. a legitimate question. Could you just cauterize? the ends of legs and it would stop bleeding and everything's cool. I mean, cool. they do it in The work, Walking Dead. Yeah, that's what you, I mean. I've you, seen it in You there. would be able to cauterize a wound like that to stop the bleeding. Yeah. But yeah. I think a lot of the time the biggest problem then is infection or shock. So infection. you can yeah, still be, die it, from it, shock. Yeah. Because yeah. someone and, just And infection would like, calm... I mean, that keeps... It stops him from bleeding out, yeah. I guess, but... I'm not saying they had like a, so a flamethrower yeah. on their little paddle boat. In that scenario, I guess if you had the opportunity to do it, you would do it because like you said, you'd worry about infection later. Yeah. But then there's also like the shock that you can die from yeah. that. Remember the dude of Congo? Oh, yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> he was just like... You could have told him the whole story and they would have been fine. It was like, <laughs> boom. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. John Cornell, the house physician, and Dr. William Trout, who had been eating lunch in the hotel restaurant, were summoned to the beach by the Essex and Sussex manager. Upon seeing the mutilated body of Bruder, who had obviously already died, they were instead directed to treat the multiple women who had fainted or vomited after witnessing Bruder's disfigured corpse. I'm still alive. (laughs) That'd be pretty hard (laughs) to see, though. That's fucking bullshit. Okay. There would have been dudes fainting as well. Was there though? Uh, probably. When this one time at work... We, <laughs> but this isn't at your work. I looked into this. This one time at work, we had to have this, like, um, this was obviously working in the mines with a bunch of dudes. We had to have this talk about, like, a, like, like safety and electricity. They made you stay after hours, too, for a, an employee that wasn't you on pay shift for work. It? No, of course you don't get paid for I it. I hate this planet. I hate fucking capitalism. And anyway... So we were all there and they were showing pictures of this dude who had been like high voltage electrocuted and like the skin was coming off his arm sort of thing. About three dudes, I'm not even joking, passed out. Like literally fell off their chairs, passed out, about three of them. And none of the women did. But there was like five or so women there compared to like, I guess, a pool of like 60 men. Yeah, so that's the difference. It's statistics. But like statistically speaking... It's also women have a higher resting heart rate but lower blood pressure than men. So it doesn't it doesn't take as much for them to reach the point to faint than it would a man. Mm. But I guess for all we know, it could have just been a bunch of... Because the men aren't... They were like, oh, I'm getting away from that. And they got out of there early. It was only women left <laughs> to sort of stand around the corpse. I think it was just... They should just say people were fainting. You know? It's back then, They probably looked around and seen five women, f- women faint and just gone, women fainted. Maybe it must have been heat stroke. He must have been tired from helping dragons. His muscles were so big that he fell over and couldn't get back up. Look how tight his his budgie eagles are. He's so manly he couldn't get back up. Look at all these other women taking a nap. Do you want to hear about Brutus wounds? (laughs) No, because I might faint apparently. Actually, something similar happened when I was uh, at a roller derby tournament. A shark attack at a roller derby? No, no, no. In... To, it fucking doesn't matter where. And one of the women went to do an apex jump. She was you a You said that jammer. on purpose, didn't you? It's like now where, you want to explain no, it. No, it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> it's important. She went to jump on skates. And when she landed, everyone, including myself, witnessed as her her ankle just snapped to a 90 degree angle. It's pretty messed up. And I she started screaming. wrong. 
Um, it, it's very common ankle injuries in roller derby, especially when you're jumping. But for to witness it, and she let out this scream, and it's like hard to to tell you what it sounded like, but it was bad. It was like a birth scream. People like birth in or... the yeah, it was like guttural, like yeah. again, and then people they had to get extra ambulances to treat the people in like the the watching. Because it was like they were that affected by how, how fucked up it How crazy is it that it can affect someone like that mentally? Yeah. Like how powerful is the mind mm. that witnesses something like that and just you, your body goes I don't into really it. have problems with it, but I don't know if it's because of the way we were raised. Like on the farm, like you see heaps of like fucking hectic shit here. So it's just kind of like, you just kind of shrug your shoulders and go, yeah, the bones break. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's yeah. not as, the, the scream got me more than anything. I was like, ooh, like that made me that's just your, but that That's a normal, everybody has fight or flight. That's just like yeah. a normal fight or flight reaction. Oh, yeah, but I was just like, when I saw her leg, I was like, Bridget, Bridget drops the guy sitting next to her. <laughs> I choose fight. <laughs> I'm back to the story. <laughs> Brutus wounds, which included multiple lower extremity arteries being severed, caused such disastrous blood loss that he had died of irreversible circulatory shock within minutes of entering the rescue boat. So, so he loses that much blood. He just, yeah, mm-hmm. right on. Government staff member Dr. William Schoeffler, who had been in the hotel restaurant with Dr. Charf, uh, Dr. Trout, began examining Bruder's injuries around 15 minutes after his death. Schoeffler found the majority of the flesh had been torn from Bruder's right leg and his lower leg bones, the tibia and fibula, were broken off between the knee and ankle with the last remaining muscles dangling in tatters. Oh, my God. Yeah, just like... Because they get you and they sh- they're like steak knives, right? They shred. Yeah. Isn't they there like off. more than one row, though? They're like, yeah. It's like, yes. a, zin- zin- yep. like a mincer sort of... Mm-hmm. They grab and they move their head side to side. It's like a knife and fork, just like... Yeah, exactly. His left foot was entirely gone. The flesh and muscle had been torn away from what was left of the leg. Whatever skin, muscles, fat and bone that remained in the leg were riddled with lacerations. Bruder's left abdomen also sported a large gash the size of an apple or a fist that stretched down through the skin, muscle and fat. As on the side of his lower body. He'd just been... Like a chunk of flesh had been taken out of the side. Like literally just missing from the side of his torso. just clipped him. Yep, just took it out. Gone. That was the taste test. I like it. Yeah. So the Spring Lake shark attack was now overshadowing shadowing the headlines from the war. So now everyone's fucking jumping Isn't on Isn't that it. a switch now, though? Mm-hmm. Going from hide it to, okay, screw the war. Yeah, exactly. Like the switch like, is just gone now. And- that's how seriously they started taking it. So the newspapers, including the Boston Herald, the Chicago Sun-Times, the Washington Post, and the San Francisco Chronicle, all ran the attack on their front pages. So the story had even made it to the West Coast. So San Francisco, West Coast. They were running the story of what had happened in conjunction with what had happened to Charles. Now it was like, what the fuck? Like there's two of them. The New York Times had severely played down the previous attack on Charles Van Sant, even referring to the assailant as merely a fish. They didn't mince their words this time around and ran the headline, Bather has both legs bitten off by shark on Jersey Coast. Charles Bruder attacked while bathing at Spring Lake yesterday afternoon in sight of 500 people. Yeah, I think you get one chance and then the second chance they're just like, nah, screw it. We, yeah. can't, we can't do this anymore. Yeah. We're going to have to go with it. And they would have tried. Yeah. What have we got now, boys? <laughs> they would, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, imagine being the journalist who's like, I will go to the beach. Yeah. I will go on holiday area and do the writing yeah. for this one. Like. So the scientists at the American Museum of Natural History were left scrambling. Even though they had openly and loudly ignored the reality of shark attacks, the media and the government once again called upon them for their expertise in the area. The American Museum held a conference in order to calm the masses. So this Dr. Lucas dude who I'd previously spoken about, Mm -hmm. he said that sharks couldn't even sever, sever a bone. 
right? He was like, they can't do that. He was appointed the head of the investigation into the attacks. Of the, of the guy that's missing. <laughs> Just the bones. him standing up there. Well, shit. <laughs> He's tapping on it. Yeah. <laughs> he has weak bones. <laughs> More so, milk. More. He, <laughs> Little milk diet. He was his calcium. Calcium deficiency is a real, yeah. a real problem. Someone here. Someone get that man a cow. <laughs> he was called upon by the thirty New Jersey mayors to quell the fears of panic tourists. So the mayors were like, "Fucking make them feel better. We this is bad. Yeah, make for them business. feel so, Yeah. Mm. Dr. Lucas spoke to the public, reiterating the chance of another attack was unlikely and talked about the mesh shark fencing being installed or having already been installed at hotels along the coast. It was thought the netting and swimmers not venturing too far for sure would protect the bathers going forward. They also mentioned the millionaire Ulrich's reward remaining unclaimed for 25 years to calm the terrified little babies. They're like, people were freaking the fuck out. He's like, it's fine. They were still like, it's fine. So it's like the it's like the movie. It's like the mayor's like no, nah, exactly like the movie. Yeah, yeah. It was the one guy, wasn't it? The sheriff or whatever, the cop. He was a cop. What was he? No, the cop was the one who went the on the boat. The sheriff was the. So it was the mayor. No, but no, the, the father of the kid when he worried that time. The sheriff. Yeah, the sheriff. He, he was the one like get out of the water. Yeah. He's the only one like. You can watch it on. It's on Netflix at the moment. Jaws is. I watched it the other day. Just, the last time I watched it was with you guys. Probably. I, I still remember it. Pretty oh yeah. I've that the, shit stays with you. The memories yeah. I have of you being like, you must have been 18 or 19, so I'd be like 17, 18, and you were working shift work in the mines. And if it was like a night, the night before your night shift, where you'd have to stay up really late, you'd be like, boy, come watch horror movies. Yeah, we did. Remember watching all the like shitty horror movies. And I'd be like, well, shit, I ain't going to say no to that. Yeah, I remember watching <laughs> yeah. like shitty Bigfoot ones. Oh, and... The Shining we watched as well. Yeah. Like, there were so many. But Josh, you'd always be like sitting on the lounge. I'd be walking past to go to bed. It'd be like 11 p.m. You'd be like, Where oh, you going? here comes you down. We're going to watch a horror movie yeah. together. And I'd be like, no. And you'd be like, don't make me do this by myself. Too. Yeah. No, it got scary after 11. She was just like huddled with a blanket with no lights on. Who says three o'clock's the witchy now or it's 11? (laughs) When you get to 30, it's 11. (laughs) She was like, hurry up, ghost, get it over and done with. I can't be scared. I need to go to bed. (laughs) So some reporters proposed alternatives to the assailant being a shark. Some suggested it could be a killer mackerel responsible for the attack. But it doesn't matter what it is. It's killing people and tearing their legs off. I'm not having a go at you. I'm having a go at the story. But what I'm getting at is they also said maybe a giant turtle. No. Yep. No. Listen, they're very dumb. I'm not. I'm, they are very dumb. Yep. Like I've, excuses. It's not even the dumbest one. But if it's true, that turtle scared the shit out of Perhaps even a German U boat torpedo oh, did now, that damage. Yeah. Yeah, but like, who cares? What? It, I don't care if it's a fucking kitten. If it's tearing legs off. That's what I'm I mean. Like, I'm scared of it. I don't care if it's like a like a, a German U boat. A torpedo from the German U boat. Oh my god. Fine with yep, you, no, Josh. that sounds about Germans equal bat. It's like, oh, we can go swimming again. There's a freaking German U boat out there. <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't we like deploy something? They were, they were though, like they were because of the war and that yeah, they yeah. were hanging around. But like, mm. where was the explosion? Lucas responded that Dr. Lucas responded that he didn't want to jump to any conclusions as he was still waiting for Dr. Schoffler's report regarding Bruder's fatal injuries. That's buying time. Yes. After Bruder's attack, Dr. Meehan, who had previously said that sharks would venture into shallow waters, wasted no time changing his position, now stating that a shark was definitely responsible for both attacks. At least he's like, you know, when someone... That's science though. He's progressing. Yeah, right. So, you know, when someone's just like they can't think critically and they're so just like I yeah. made my statement 10 yeah. years ago when yep. I didn't have any of this information I'm not going to look at I like at that he sort of puts his hand up and says listen I have the resources I am quite smart and I'm changing my own mind it's yeah let's be friends with him I like him too yeah okay me hands on this was supported by Dr. Shuffler's assessment where he stated there is not the slightest doubt that a man-eating shark inflicted the injuries 
So despite Dr. Schoffler asserting that there was a serious danger lurking beneath the chilly ocean surface, seasoned seamen and multiple other experts still felt that brooder attack. It's just the word <laughs> seasoned, Josh. <laughs> I don't know that was going to no, get you. No, but you used seasoned with it. But a paprika. I can handle semen. I can handle semen. I can't handle seasoned semen. Can we get some? I bet you can. It's spicy. Can we get sponsored by like Adam and Eve and be like, season semen, season your semen. We just found the Colonel's secret recipe. I'd keep eating. So multiple other experts still felt that the Bruder attack was a once in a thousand year event and a definite freak occurrence. In a Philadelphia ledger article, U.S. Coast Guard Superintendent John Cole went as far to say that sharks are as timid as rabbits and that he used to swim through schools of them in Cape May with no dramas. He stated if they got too thick or close, you'd just throw clam at them. Oh, oh sharks. Labradors of the ocean. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> That's also like survivor bias at its finest. Oh, like, isn't it? Fucking hell. So U.S. Fisheries Commissioner Hugh M. Smith also insisted there would be no more attacks and that the shark was probably just unusually hungry. But he also wasn't convinced a shark was even responsible for the attacks. So this reminds me of like an episode of, of Family Guy or like Parks and Recs. You know, like the mayor is just like, no, no, no. The shark was probably just hungry. If it wasn't <laughs> Un- even a shark. Unusually <laughs> hungry. <laughs> Sharks don't usually get hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Sharks are usually on a diet. This one's binge eating now. <laughs> They usually eat seawater, but he mustn't have. <laughs> They're always so full. Despite the divided experts trying to reassure bathers of their safety, the Jersey Shore resorts were take, weren't taking any chances on the mindset of visitors and the Chamber of Commerce had to come up with some bright ideas to salvage summer tourism. Yeah. The Ashbury Bathing Grounds did this by reporting their bathing areas were completely surrounded by nets and armed motorboats were patrolling the area. That will shoot the shark after it's uh, No, like up. 100% no. They were just fucking went on a killing frenzy. Lifeguards weren't even sure of the effectiveness of the netting other than to add a false feeling of safety amongst beach goers. And that's what that's the whole gun yep. thing in the forest too with bears. Yeah, it's, it's all a false, false sense, sense of security. Of security. Mm. Let's keep these dollars rolling in. Yeah. Like they were worried that this was going to yeah, create 100%. an economic disaster. And these armed motorboats would go out and actively fish for sharks using stakes or parts of a lamb as bait. Or they'd chase dorsal fins through the water and attempt to harpoon them. They just went like nuts. Yeah. They just went nuts about it. Uh, but as we talked about earlier, that was only the first two of five shark attacks. And that's where we will leave off now. Shit. As they will be a part two, because you've run out of beer. And we've been gone for a little bit. I can find more beer. <laughs> you want to know the rest, do you? I do. That was actually oh, getting pretty like... intense. Yeah. No, no. It happened at the ocean. So I've not zon- intense. I can tell. Yeah, my shit joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so shit. It got yeah, overlooked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get it? No, I was just I was on a different. I was thinking something else. Um, the the thing that oh, it doesn't annoy me, but it's super obvious, is the scientists are obviously smart people. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're half sort surely half of them are getting either paid off, or whatever it is, to keep the beach going. Try to think to, about that angle. Like they have to. Like they. Even if they want to make something on their own, a decision on their own, and say like this, I, you know, they'll see something like that and go, "This is what it is. It's got to be a shark. Yeah. It's got to be this reason why." But obviously, someone's tapping most on the shoulder and going, "We can't say that though, because that's going to mm. scare people." Do you off. know? I didn't even so think I, about that. So you can that. sort of have half your truth and half keep people in the water. Though, so try yeah. and word it like 
When, when deep it, down the scientists is like, you know, this is getting pretty crazy. Do you think it was like a case of like kind of because a lot of these scientists worked uh, for the government? It was yeah. like if you want your distribution of whatever money they give you each yep. year to do your research, you're going to shut the fuck up exactly. about it. I didn't yeah. think about that. And there's probably a couple of mainstream scientists or whatever you call it in there where they're like, no, this is pretty bad. Yeah, and they're like, Dr. Yeah, Mihan is one. Like, no. But the others are like, yeah, that, they still don't know it's bad, but they word it in a way where like, yeah, keep swimming. It's it's still, it still happens today where you don't. Oh, like, 100%. They yeah. look at what they've known and that's 100% fact and then they get this new information and they still don't want, go yeah. with the new yeah. information. They want to stick with their... Sometimes yeah. people don't want to be the one to say it either. Yeah. They're just like... I don't know I don't know how scientists work, but I know what you mean. They're just like, well, it's been this way for so long. Yeah. I think it's now it's like, oh, we are now led to believe that it could be they, this. With new information, it's hard to take on. Like They think it's hard to take on their change of what they already But do think. they think, like Mian was pretty ballsy, but do they think if they try and change their decision that people will no longer trust them? Do they think because they were wrong the first time, nothing they say after They probably just don't want to jump after it and be like, oh, shit, I was wrong. Should have stayed with yeah. what I was. I yeah. think it, a lot of them are probably like fucking big brain narcissists. You know what I mean? They're just like, I'm a scientist, I'm smart. And like back in the day, they'd just be like, I don't want to be proven wrong because I don't want to feel like I was dumb. Whereas yeah. some of them are just like, no, we need to do what we're supposed well, to do. Well, imagine being a scientist back then and you've worked your whole life. You've printed all these articles and papers on sharks don't attack people. And it's more than just saying, like, they've actually spent their life printing yeah. Their whole yeah. life. And then as soon as these start, no, that can't happen because then your whole life's just been like, thrown yeah, out. Yeah, everything I've done. My six previous books aren't selling so yeah, well no yeah. more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you're right. But that guy to say, to say, who was it that said they will never be able to tear your bone? Dr. Lucas, the dude that was appointed by 30 mayors to, to be, be But the he was appointed of... after the fact that it tore a bone off mm-hmm. when he said it couldn't. Because he was still the one that's like, it's fine to go in the water, like you said. But he, he was, was still probably like... appointed that person because, because of he's that. the yeah. one that... Yeah. It's just my positive disposition. Yeah. Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, that was our welcome back yep. episode. We've got a two now, less work for us that's to good. do. These ones are the best ones too. These are the favourites that people have Do you know what? You say that, but I know so many people I was saying to Jord earlier that are like, no, nah, I like it better when you shit talk. Like they, do you know what I mean? Oh, really? Like, yeah. Some people. Like, like a devil may care sort of shit talk. Yeah. Just whatever, like fucking. Still a shit talking episode. We can do that. Well, we, can we finish this one first? No, no, no. We'll take a break. We'll, we'll do, right we'll back, do guys, six months worth this. of shit talking episodes and we'll come yeah. back and finish it off. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like a good business model. It does. Yeah. <laughs> so you people that are waiting for part two, you have to go through all that shit It's going to work out real well for us. But wait, we can bring it out next week if you pay us forward. <laughs> no, we don't do it for the money, obviously. Obviously. I need to, though. No, I need some money. No, so we'll have part two next week, probably. Yep. Rosters and whatnot. We'll see how we can go. And then the and then the episode after that we will be able to put online. Yep. Okay, you can see our ugly faces. Josh is the worst. That's pretty <laughs> good actually. That's a good angle. That's a good angle. All right. See you all later. Bye. See you guys. Bye guys.